Uh, this is Owen Cotter of SciFiction.com. Joining me is Mark Scott Zickery. Now, Mark, you've got an extensive background in television, having yes. done pro production on many popular <laughs> sci-fi and fantasy series, to name a few. Yes. Uh, and you've also got a very cool retro sci-fi series called Space Command. I believe yes. there's some... Big updates on that. Can you go a little bit about that? Yeah. So you, San Diego Comic-Con, too. You bet. You bet. Well, at San Diego Comic-Con, we screened the first half hour of the two-hour pilot for the first time. It went great. It has Doug Jones of Star Trek Discovery and Shape of Water, Robert Robert Picardo of Star Trek Voyager and Stargate Atlantis, Mira mm -hmm. Furlan and Bill Mummy and Bruce, Bruce Boxleitner of Babylon 5, and Mike Harney of Orange is the New Black, James Hong of Blade Runner and Big Trouble in Little China, on and on and on. And so we had a booth. Doug Jones did a signing for us, and Michelle Nichols asked to sign at our booth as well, so I'm now oh, wow. talking. To, I'm now talking to Michelle about being in uh, in Space Command. So we're having those conversations. And meantime, Gigi Edgley of Farscape, we just announced that she's going to be in Space Command as well. So it, it's just a dream come true. I get to, you know, it's a story about a, a future. It's a hopeful vision of the future. It follows four families over 150 years as we colonize the solar system and jump into to the stars. And it's a big story, five generations. It goes back and forth between the generations. So interestingly enough, because we're covering such a span of time, Armin Shimmerman, who played Quark on DS9 and Prince Juan Buffy, is actually playing the grandson of Robert Picardo. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so they've, they've, they've been making some jokes about that, you know, and, you know, high gramps, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, so it's, it's really wonderful. And Doug Jones' performance is terrific. And in, in, and in Space Command, you actually get to see his face. And usually he's playing a creature. But right. in our in our episode, he plays a replicant, a synthetic, and so you actually get to see this incredibly sensitive, wonderful face that he actually has. That's his real face. <laughs> right. And he's got a lot of these uh, very big concept artists and people involved, yes. special effects, makeup people. Yes. Uh, what are some of the people that are kind of behind the overall design and look of all these uh, creatures and robots yeah. and all of that? Yeah, well, I'm I'm very I'm very strongly visual. Uh, my degree is in painting, sculpture, and graphic art. But I was having gallery shows of my work when I was a teenager, and so Ian McKaig has been a friend of mine for many years. He created Darth Maul and Queen Amidala and Ray and Force Awakens and Rocket Raccoon and Guardians of the Galaxy and the Josh Josh Brolin version of Thanos and Avengers. I mean, mm. his 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 resume is just spectacular. And and so Ian and I have been friends forever. He's been my con my concept designer on many of my projects. And so he's our character designer on Space Command. And Ron Cobb, who's one of the brilliant artists behind Alien and Aliens and Back to the Future, he designed the DeLorean time machine. And, uh, oh, wow. you know, he's just a phenomenal artist. And Star Wars, he also has done stuff for Star Wars, the original, the George Lucas one. Uh, so he just designed a ship, a spaceship for us as well. And so, and so we have we have people like that, and 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 a number of other artists working for us. But again, whenever I find someone brilliant, I, uh, you know, I, I don't let them go. <laughs> right, right. And you've also got a lot of uh, well-known sci-fi actors, but you've got some up-and-coming actors, people like yes. Ethan McDowell and a few yes. others. Yes. Yes, Ethan's wonderful, and Brian McClure. And the way I the way I did it was, you know, we we got our, a, a a good percentage of our financing from Kickstarter, and so four thousand people around the world made Space Command happen. And I thought, well, you know, and sometimes on Kickstarter campaigns, they have like a walk-on. You can pay a little money and get a walk-on or right. maybe, a, maybe a line. But I said, no, let's, let's do something more interesting because I remembered the great talent search for Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind back in 1939. I thought, why don't we have a worldwide talent search where anyone can download an audition for two of our leads? <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, so it was Captain Kemmer and, and uh, Lieutenant Bradbury. And because Ray Bradbury was one of my friends and mentors, and uh, uh, so I named it after him. Now, C Captain Cameron was a male role. 
Lieutenant Bradbury could be male or female. So we got 7,000 inquiries, we got 1,200 videos, and we went wow. over it down. We went over it down, and we had callbacks and auditions, uh, about 50 of them, I think. Mm -hmm. And then we cast, I think, nine actors from those auditions, including, as you said, Ethan McDowell and Brian McClure, because I wanted a certain kind of decency that you saw in actors like Jimmy Stewart or, you know, Gary Cooper, those uh, right. Henry Henry Fonda, you know, in Grapes of Wrath. And I didn't want it to be corny. But I wanted it to be, they just have this immense, where you watch these guys, you say, you like them. They're really, they seem like real, honest, honorable people. And, right. uh, and you know, and Ethan's from Wyoming, and, and, and Brian is from Iowa. And they just can't, kind of gave off that vibe as people. And mm -hmm. fortunately, fortunately as actors, they're wonderful actors. And in fact, Brian's been in the TV show Atlanta lately. You know, and, and it's just been a joy to work with them. And, and one actress, uh, Sarah Marafino, auditioned for the male role of Captain Kemmer. And I was so impressed with her that I actually had her come in on audition. And I said, I'm going to create a role for you. And we created a role of Captain Laura Essex, who has the sister ship Templar, because our hero's ship is the Paladin. So they actually have the, right. adventure, the adventure together. And again, that was great fun. Because again, you let your cast come to you. You let everyone come to you with good ideas. You know, you, I'm, I'm, I think of everyone as my collaborator. So I don't, they don't have power over what I do, but certainly if they make a suggestion that I like, I'll incorporate it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, what is like the overall message that you're hoping to deliver like to the viewer with the Space Command series and all that? The basic message is one of compassion. It's basically, we mustn't give in to fear. We mustn't give in to cynicism or despair. We have to reach across to others who are not like us and with compassion, with kindness, we have to create a better future. Just like, you know, people forget that Star Trek happened during the, the, the depths of the Vietnam War, the original show. It aired during Vietnam, right. during the civil rights, during the riots throughout so many major cities. And yet Star Trek, with all of that darkness happening in our country, said we can come together to create a better future. And it inspired millions of people to become scientists, to become doctors and nurses and teachers. It, it had an active, positive force in the world. I think TV has an enormous power. And I think most people who make television completely do not, they don't, they don't recognize that responsibility. And I, and I do. Right. I, and it's not to preach. It's not to be on a soapbox because no one likes to be preached to. But it's just to say, look, we can come with love. We can come. I mean, Ray Bradbury once said to me, looking back over a lifetime, you see that love was the answer to everything. And, you know, when the rents do, you might disagree with them. You know? <laughs> but, that's, some good, that's some good words, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I try in my life and in my work to stress the importance of compassion. And so my characters in Space Command, it's about four families. And you see how they reach across barriers. And one, one of the characters, Robert Picardo, plays a character named Yusuf Sikander. And he's Muslim, but he's not like, it's not like, oh, he's the, the terrorist guy or he's like the good guy who's the hero's buddy. You know, it's like he's, right. a fully, he's a fully rounded character and he's Muslim like I'm Jewish, like I have friends who are Catholic. It's just the aspect of the spirituality because I think a lot of times Muslims get a bad deal in American television. And it's like, no, right. we want to see everyone. We want to see the human face of everyone. And, and uh, Doug Jones plays a replicant, a synthetic, uh, an android. And again, we see... You know, I'm, I'm very interested in people who are, who are quote-unquote invisible, who are, who are treated badly because they don't count. And I'm, right. I'm very interested in, in having everyone being treated with equal respect and equal kindness. So that's what, what Space Command's about. So, and, and one of my friends, I named uh, Bob Picardo's character, Yusuf Sikander, after a friend of mine who's from, Af who's from Afghanistan. And he actually came on the set and showed, coached Bob Picardo in how to pray, how to do the various Muslim actions accurately. Because I thought that oh, was wow. important. Yeah, so it was it was terrific, and, and it's funny because Bob's a Catholic, and he had to get like a dispensation from his priest that it was okay to play a Muslim, and so that <laughs> was that was great. That was great. And, That's pretty uh, cool. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and, and Nira Furlan is in it, and she has a daughter. And mm-hmm. someone said me, said, someone once asked me, they said, are there foreign languages in space? And they didn't mean Vulcan or Klingon. They meant like foreign languages on the, are, are, are on Earth. And I said, well, of course right. they would be. So when I wrote for Babylon 5, I met Mira Furlan, and she, you know, spoke Serbo-Croatian because she's from the former Yugoslavia. So I met a young actress named Yelena Mirja, and she spoke um, Serbo-Croatian also. So I cast them as mother and daughter. So when they're together, they're speaking Serbo-Croatian, and when they talk to other people, they're speaking English. So it's it's really fun. It's really, really well, that's fun. That's really fascinating. They, they both came from the same area and all of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. you, you mentioned Star Trek. Um, yes. You've got, speaking on the Star Trek thing, you've got the 25th anniversary of Deep Space Nine. That's right. I believe you're going to be a guest and a panelist at the big Star Trek convention event out in Las Vegas coming up. What are all the details on that? What's going down with that? Well, there's a big convention coming up in Las Vegas. I'm actually going there tomorrow. It runs through a Sunday, and mm-hmm. it draws thousands of people. And a lot of the Star Trek actors are going to be there. And I came up with a Star Trek episode, a Deep Space Nine episode called Far Beyond the Stars, in which Cisco goes back to the 50s, and he's right. a science fiction writer, and it's gotten a lot of attention and I'm very proud of it. So they're going to screen that episode, and I'm going to be on a panel with the producers and the actors and so forth. And so that should be a lot of fun. And, in fact, I have a photo of me on the set of that episode with all of the cast. I'm going to, I'm going to have copies of that photo there because it, it's, I don't think people have seen that photo, and it's really fun, really, really fun. Right. What actors are going to be there on stage? Is Avery or who, which actors? You know, like a lot of the ones from the not, series? Or? Not, yeah, not Avery, but I, I think Armin Shimmerman. I'm not sure all, which all of them, but I'm, Doug Jones is going to be at the convention. Many of the, the actors, Michelle Nichols, many of the actors from all the different iterations of Star Trek will be there over the various days. And it's the real deal. I mean, if you're, if you're a Star Trek fan, that's definitely the place to be. They used to have that over, I believe someone was saying over at the big, they used to have a big Star Trek theme thing over at the Hilton years ago. Yes, yeah. I was I was really surprised. I went to the, this convention in Vegas like two years ago, and I was surprised mm-hmm. there was still such enormous enthusiasm for Star Trek. I mean, I love Star Trek, but I'm glad to see there's still a very active fan base, and, and there should be, I think. That's really, really cool. And you've also got a book, companion book to the Twilight Zone series Rod Serling was in. Yeah. Uh, kind of updates right. and cool new things are in that version, like you've yes. done some new remodeling of that and stuff. That's right. I, I wrote it when I was in my 20s to learn how, how television was made so I could make television. You know, it was, I wrote it, I started it when I was 22, when it was, it was just two years after Sterling's death. So I had access to all of his, his, his house was still exactly as he'd left it. His wife, Carol, was still living there. And so it was like amazing to go through his files and his scrapbooks. And I would take home his film prints of different episodes. They were gorgeous. And so I wrote the book and it came out and it's been very successful. And I just decided to update it. And so I added about 100 new pages and 500 new photographs. But the coolest part for me was that I could add audio and video links to rarities. So you get to see some of the TV shows that Rod wrote for in the 90s. You get to watch commercials he did or interviews he did. Oh, wow. and, all, and also, I uh, interviewed George Takei and I interviewed Rod, Serling, Rod Serling's daughter, Jody. New interviews for this, for this edition. So they're brand new. Brand new. Right. Into, and, wow. Right. And so you can listen to those and watch those as well. And then beyond that, I just, you know, add a lot of new information and a lot of new anecdotes because people would tell me things after I wrote the book that weren't in the book. For instance, there's a great episode called Eye of the Beholder that Rod wrote where a woman's head is wrapped in bandages and she's supposedly hideously ugly and would, she's in a hospital room and we're going to find out if the final surgery on her has made her look normal, quote unquote. Right. Doug Hayes, who was a dear friend of mine, directed that episode. And after the book came out, he told me that when they were directing, when he was directing it, <clears throat> they realized they were going to run short, and Rod was out of town and unreachable. So Doug, who was a writer himself, wrote an extra scene 
in Sterling's style. And so if you ever watch that episode, there's a scene where the doctor and one of the nurses takes a, a cigarette break in a in like a little side room, and that entire scene was written written by Doug Hayes and uncredited. And he said after they finished the episode, they screened it for Rod, and and you know, Doug was just sweating bullets. And then Rod turned to him and said, "Good scene." <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. So so I thought since I had so many cool new new anecdotes, I thought I w- I wanted to add all that stuff too. So so it's it, I'm really proud of the new edition. I think it's the best one yet, and I I love it. I, I'm I, I think it turned out wonderfully. That sounds so cool, man. And you got Space Command. I was just curious, a little thoughts on uh, this other show that's on Fox called Seth MacFarlane Has the Orville. Like it kind of yes. resonates on an aspirational, hopeful future theme as well. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've, I've watched. I have. I have my own little YouTube channel called Mr. Sci-Fi, where I comment about science fiction TV shows and movies and books regularly. And I, so I've been watching Orville and also Star Trek Discovery. And it's very interesting that those two shows came out at the same time because Star right. Trek Discovery is, is kind of dark and grim, and the characters are kind of you know. It, right. it takes some. It takes some time to get to know those people, and there's a very mixed respe- reception to that show. The Orville started as sort of this vulgar comedy, but very quickly became much more like Star Trek: The Next Generation. I think both both shows have something to offer and are mm-hmm. interesting. You know, I'm. I mean, but the problem the problem with the Orville is that every now and then there'll be like a joke that's like, well, oh, Jesus, that's you know, right? <laughs> do we really do we really need that? You know, and it takes you out of the show. And also, you know, people want to be able to watch stuff with their family, and you know, it's right. like you don't really want to have to explain certain jokes to your kid, you know, but, but I think it's coming from the right place. Brandon Braga, who worked on Star Trek, the next generation is, is one of the producers on it. And I, and I know Brandon and, you know, I think, I mean, I'm glad that both these shows are on the air. I'm glad they exist. I think Space Command sort of goes down the middle between those right. episodes because I think it's, it's more serious than Orville, but, but also a little bit more hopeful than Star Trek discovery, you know, kind and, of balance and, in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, and it also is telling a story that, you know, is a story very much about now. So it's not, you know, looking back in that way where you're just kind of going over old ground. Because sometimes on Orville or on um, Star Trek Discovery, you say, well, I've, you know, I've seen that story before on Star Trek. Or, you know, or, or they'll try and replicate something and not pull it off. So, for instance, Harry Mudd was a great character on the original Star Trek. Robert Rogers oh, yeah. Carmel played him. But then when they bring him back, Rain Wilson, he's just kind of murderous character not nearly right. as as fun as the, the original was so you know there's there but again you know they're every all of these people are trying hard and working hard so right. and and then i'm a man it's funny because see there's a loophole normally paramount paramount shut down a lot of the fan films uh, mm-hmm. uh over star trek they're very um you know they, they're very uh protective of their copyright but the, but right. the one loophole the one loophole is that you can you can satirize something, and that gives you legal cover. So I think probably the reason they started Orville as a comedy was because if they could say, well, it's a satire of Star Trek, Paramount couldn't sue them. And, right. well, you know, and so I think that's what have avoided them getting sued. And also the fact that it's Fox and Seth MacFarlane and all that. It's, they really right. want to get, do they really want to get into that fight? But, I mean, when you watch it, it is so Star Trek The Next Generation. The, the uniforms, I mean, it's just everything. But, but I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the episodes I've seen. Yeah, it was like that one episode where they found the big bio ship approaching. It kind of reminded me of the motion picture with V'ger. Yes, 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 yes. And the joke about V'ger always was, you know, this, this, this computer is so incredibly powerful that it can't even wipe the dirt off its own name so it knows its name is Voyager. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, you know, it's like couldn't, it couldn't do that. It could, you know, do everything awesome. else. It could, yeah, it could destroy, destroy planets, but it can't, you know, clean its own nameplate. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it's, but yes, and, it, and it's fun. I mean, I love, I love the tradition of science fiction where we get to see 
oh, this inspired that, inspired that, inspired that. You know, it's the, it's fun to see the 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 connection, the connective tissue between shows. And a lot of us know each other. So, you know, Ron Moore and Brandon Bragg and a lot of these writers, you know, just like Ted Sturgeon and Harlan Ellison and Ray Bradbury were all part of that circle of science fiction writers back in the 50s and 60s. You know, right. all of us, all of us know each other now. So, you know, I talk to Brandon regularly. I know Ron Moore. I know a lot of these guys. And so it's fun when we're talking back and forth or I'm sending them like the half hour space command. We just screened a comic con. I just emailed them a link. And it's cool. kind of, yeah. And Damon Lindelof, you know, he's a, He's a fan of Space Command as well. He created, you know, Lost and The Leftovers. So we're, we're really, the fun part is that people think of Hollywood as sort of a dog-eat-dog -dog place of terrible people. But in reality, there's two Hollywoods. There's, that Hollywood is real, but there's also mm -hmm. a Hollywood of really nice people who are really helpful and supportive of each other. And that's the Hollywood I live in. So, you know, we're like Damon Lindelof and Rock. Well, Rock Neil Bannon's another friend. He created Farscape and Defiance. Right. Great um, shows. Yeah. And, you know, but we're all helpful and supportive of each other. So, like, if you know, if and my friend Michael Nankin is a director from Battlestar Galactica and also a writer, so we'll look at each other's scripts or give notes or help each other out or make introductions. I mean, it's it's not it's not. I mean, it's a pleasant way to live. You know, where you help right, other right. people. You know, I, I advise it. <laughs> so it's uh, great stuff, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. But I was very lucky to start in TV when so many things were coming up because I started in animation. I wrote for Smurfs and He-Man and the real Ghostbusters and Super Friends and so forth and then jumped You also over. did uh, Captain Power and the Soldiers yeah. of the Future which That's is right. incredibly groundbreaking. So you're using early yeah. CGI. Yeah, I spent a year developing that show. Um, I wrote a very extensive Bible and then they wanted me to story edit it and I was writing features at the time so I said, look, there's a guy you've never met. He's never done live action but I'll guarantee mm -hmm. him if he can't do the job, I'll jump in and that was Joe Straczynski and the two producers right. Were, the two producers were Doug Netter and John Copeland, and those were the producers that he developed Babylon 5 with. And so that's, right. how I, that's how I ended up writing for Babylon 5 as well. But definitely our idea was to do an adult, a very adult science fiction show, even though it was ostensibly a, a show aimed at children. That wasn't our intent in what we were writing or, or, or doing. So I knew that Joe would be very much in, in alignment with what I, what I had in mind for the show. A little side question on Captain Power. I've always wondered. They were supposed to do a season two. Mm -hmm. Was that was going to be like he was going to team up with over? I mean, the, uh, with the the robot guy, and he was going to go mm -hmm. against Overlord to overthrow him. Like are they going to he turned yeah. back to good? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the interesting thing is they they commissioned an entire season of scripts. So Christy right. Mark, Christy Marks, and Michael Reeves and so forth. They wrote they wrote an entire season. But I think what happened was, as far as I know. The toys really didn't work very well. That they were supposed to be interactive with television, and they were they were right. like bugs. And I think I think the toys underperformed, so Mattel, Mattel pulled the plug on the show because the show was very expensive. It ended up being about a million dollars per half hour, and that was an enormous oh, wow. that was an enormous budget back then. And, it's like uh, double Next Generation was about yeah. a million per hour. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and so exactly, and so it just you know so they just kind of had to bag it. But I don't I don't know if they've ever published that second season of scripts, but so, certainly someone should. You yeah, know, I'd love it, to see uh, that. And and I wrote I wrote a number of scripts for Pat Captain Power that weren't shot just because again we didn't get around to it. But that that stuff all is you know in various people's file cabinets. Right, right. We're wrapping up. Um, you've got like a Kickstarter or the other website or links to yep. social media outlets to find out about Space Command and stuff. Yes. Well, if you go to Kickstarter, we've got a campaign going for visual effects and post-production. So if you go to Kickstarter and look up Space Command Redemption, uh, okay. you can you can pledge, and every dollar helps. And and I have a Facebook page, Mark Zickry, and, and Twitter, and Mr. Sci-Fi Channel on YouTube, and there's a million ways to find me. 
And I think if you watch, and anyone who pledges gets a link to the first half hour of Space Command and gets the rest of the two-hour pilot when we're when we're done with it, as soon as we're done with it. And I'm very proud of it. I think you know the fans love it, and I and I love it. I couldn't be happier. I mean, it's so funny because with all the shows I've written for and all the things I've done, the happiest time in my life and the most fulfilled time of my life is right now. You know, and so that's uh, I couldn't I couldn't be more pleased with how things are going. That's great stuff, man. Well, Mark, it's an absolute pleasure speaking with you again. Thanks. And I wish you luck. Good luck with all the Space Command and keep keep in touch, man, and take care, bro. I will. Thanks a lot. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. You too. And this has been Owen Connor with SciFiction.com. Just remember to visit our website at www.scifiction.com for more info and awesomeness. Signing off.